Blog Talk Radio. Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Donald Mazzella, and I am Editorial Director of Small Business Digest. We come to you through three media channels, here at Blog Talk Radio, through our online newsletters, and via our magazine. They are now all available to you at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's smallbusinessdigest.net. Each uh, week, we... We touch more than one million small business leaders through our various channels. Each hour here at Small Business Digest Radio, we hope to bring you information, strategies, and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our guests are carefully chosen for their expertise or experience. They do not pay to be on this program, but rather our editors and readers identify them and the topics of possible interest for our audience. If you have any suggestions or particular topics you want us to cover, please email us at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. Tonight's program, like all our efforts, have a wide diversity of guests talking about the topics we think you want to hear. We will talk about Obamacare, uh, growing a small business, uh, how to conduct better training for employees, cloud usage tips, and more. Our first guest uh, uh, I actually interviewed at the Cloud for SMB Expo in Las Vegas uh, last month. The the, uh, uh, next show for this excellent program, by the way, is in January in Miami. But for now, I'd like you to hear what Alan Dickinson had to, to say about worldwide cloud computing. I'm happy to have our guest, Alan Dickinson, Program Director. Worldwide Cloud Computing. Uh, always glad to have an IBM person here um, talking to us. We start off every program, every guest I ask them a little bit about themselves. Sure. Tell us a little bit how you came to be here and your present position. Sure. Um, Like you said, my name is Alan Dickinson, and I'm based out of Research Triangle Park, North Carolina. And I work in the section of IBM that is focused on mid-market clients. And IBM defines mid-market as uh, customers that have 1,000 and fewer employees. Hmm. And so this show is good for us because it's focused on small and medium businesses. Um, IBM in that uh, customer set really goes to market leveraging partners and partnerships. And so there's a lot of companies here that um, have partnered with us and that are partnering with us, and then also SMB customers here looking at how to expand their cloud. Well, yeah, we're here at the Cloud for SMB. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, our audience is small business, um, mm-hmm. probably less than a 1,000 employees. Right. Uh, uh, I always love the way IBM defines small business and how most small mm-hmm. businesses do it. Um, small well, and medium. Small yeah, and medium, right. right. And um, <coughs> how, do, uh, how does your particular group solve uh, the problems facing uh, your your clients? Well, we have a lot of capabilities in IBM for helping small and medium businesses with cloud. Uh, again, we, we use partners as kind of the, the last mile to interface with the clients locally in their geographic area or in their city so that you have somebody that you can meet with face-to-face, but they can represent all of our products and services. Now, we have a uh, service that can help build out a data center if you're interested in building a private cloud. Um, some clients already have data centers. Uh, they have some computing that they've been doing, and they want to modernize that, and so they want to maybe make it into a private cloud, which is much more dynamic, uh, easier to manage, uh, requires less resources. So if they want to do anything in their own data center, we have certainly hardware, software, and services around a data center. Uh, if they want to do something on in the cloud, like maybe like a public cloud or where you're computing off-site, uh, we have services available for that as well. Um, we just acquired a company last month 
uh, called SoftLayer, uh, the best, I think, uh, infrastructure as a service provider in the world. Um, they have a lot of capability uh, to do things like bare metal, um, custom configurations of server for you in the cloud. Um, they have very uh, extensive programmable interfaces, so if you want to do something on your infrastructure in the cloud, um, you can go to the management console and change your infrastructure, or you can write a program to do that. Um, that's very unique that SoftLayer has that level of programmability, like over 2,000 different uh, program calls it can, can use to customize your cloud infrastructure for you. You don't, and you, you can so you can automate just about anything about your cloud. So you don't have to have the computing infrastructure in your uh, data center. You can leverage you know our um, our data center if you like to. Um, another thing is we have many software programs, software SaaS delivered, cloud delivered applications that would be of interest to small and medium businesses. One of them that just came out in June is called uh, Social Media Analytics. And so a SaaS application, uh, a partner could take it to a client and let's say you want to know in your city how your company is trending on social media in your city. Uh, you can buy the, the uh, service and specify the zip codes in your area and say, I want to know uh, for these terms and the name of my company, is, it, uh, is there more conversations, is there fewer conversations, Are the converse, is, the, is the tone of the conversation positive, negative, or neutral, um, and which... Um, uh, medias of social uh, am I getting the most traction on? Is it Twitter? Is it Facebook? Is it LinkedIn? Um, and you can uh, have this as a service uh, analytics capability for for companies because it's a SaaS-delivered service. Um, you can uh, subscribe to getting it calculated as often as you want, you know, once a month, once a year, every day, every 10 minutes. You can completely customize it. Uh, we have other SaaS um, applications that, that um, uh, small and medium businesses can use that are, again, they're delivered through clients, you know, collaboration, uh, other analytic, powerful analytic things that they would might, might not be able to use otherwise. So we have kind of a gambit. You want, we can help you in your data center, we can help you if you want to do public cloud computing, and we can help you uh, with some software as a service. That's a pretty complete uh, uh, picture as I've heard in a long time. Uh, we want to thank you Alan, for coming here today. Uh, for close, what what do you what do you think are the three major issues facing small businesses in the cloud as they migrate to the cloud? Oh, I think the number one issue is um, that SMBs face is the lack of IT skills. Um, many cases, they are not able to move their business forward as much as they would like because they don't have the IT uh, backing, the IT capability to sometimes even support their current business. Um, if you look at your average SMB, they don't have adequate security. Uh, they don't have adequate business continuity plans. They don't have adequate backups that they do regularly. Um, and they're getting by, and any one of those things could put them out of business. A security breach could put them out of business, could you know, kill them the reputation with clients. A business continuity situation could put them out of business. Um, not having backups, I mean, uh, a lot of companies are much more fragile than they think when it comes to their IT infrastructure. Putting things on the cloud gives them access to a whole bunch of IT skills that they can't afford in-house and that the, the partner that they work with has the ability to have a critical mass of that kind of a skill. You know, like for security, for example, most, it's a subspecialty within IT. And if your small and medium business doesn't have a very big IT shop, it's not going to have, you know, the ability to have... Um, you know, a big subspecialty there. Um, but, um, so the big number one issue is skills, I'd say. Uh, another um, issue is finding the right partner to partner with. Uh, you probably have somebody that you've dealt with, you know, recently on uh, maybe some of your IT issues, and you want to, um, uh, you know, are, do they have the skills to... Um, help you with all the cloud things that they that uh, you want to do. They may and they may they may not. They may need to actually partner with other partners as well. Um, so one of the things IBM has done to try to help SMBs do that is we have a partner world program. IBM's had a long history of partnering. You know, unlike um, you know, Amazon and some other companies that are you know, kind of new into the cloud space, I'd say um, they they don't have partner networks that can be local with you. 
Um, so we've created a partnerable program where these partners can link up with each other. And if the person who provides you with services um, isn't meeting your needs, they can partner with other uh, companies to get you the different kinds of cloud capability that you need for your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want to reach you, uh, if our audience wants to reach you. Well, if they want to reach uh, it's, uh, versus me, I think the best place would be to reach IBM, and I think that would be um, if they're a business partner, partner world, uh, just to go to Google and search on IBM Partner World, and there's a, a login page, and you can register there. Um, we also have uh, the new company that I mentioned that we acquired that helps with um, uh, infrastructure as a service, best in the world, I think, is uh, software.com. And they have a, a chat support 24-7. Um, they can get you going up and, uh, uh, right away. That would be the best contact information. Well, thank you for being with us and coming down to see us today. I appreciate really the appreciate invite. It. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, l- I learned a lot. Oh, glad. Okay. <laughs> Except for these people behind us. Making a little noise. <laughs> making a little noise. But thanks for coming. Thank you. Okay. Want to know more about health savings accounts for your company or yourself? Go to 2hsa.com and get a free employer's primer. Health savings accounts are a cost-effective way of offering health care benefits to your employees and yourself. HSAs build retirement funds for your employees, improve morale, and reduce your health care benefit costs. For a free employer guide to HSAs, go to 2hsa.com. That's 2hsa.com. Welcome back. This is Don Mazzella. The program is Small Business Digest. And our next next guest is Dave Casino. He's head of DD's apps uh, called Thunderclap. Dave, welcome to the program. Good to be here, Don. Okay. We always ask our guests first to talk a little bit about themselves. Tell us about yourself and what you uh, and how you got to here before we get into uh, the rest of the uh, program. Absolutely. So I got my start as a computer engineer on Wall Street. Uh, I worked for some brokerages in the late 90s, building trading systems and, and real-time quote systems. Um, after doing that for about five years, the company I was working for went through a merger, and a friend of mine and I decided to try our hand at high-frequency trading. Um, using it was called black box trading back then, um, and we basically cashed in our 401ks and, and decided to, to build one of those algorithms that was you know trading uh, arbitrage strategies. And we got really lucky. It, it started working after about three days. We were profitable, and uh, we actually rode that out for about four to five years before the market started drying up. Um, and after that, I uh, kind of grew a soul, and I <laughs> we had a job for a startup in New York City doing education software. Um, which I did for about three years, uh, Newton.com. And, uh, but I always had the itch to kind of you know, run my own business again. So um, I left there to pursue some ideas, and that's when I sort of stumbled upon the idea for Thunderclap. Well, uh, uh, tell us first what the problem Thunderclap uh, solves, and then we'll talk about the product itself. Absolutely. So right now, social media is kind of taking off. Everyone's you know, using it for different purposes. But the more people that use it, the more cluttered it's getting. So there's, there's a lot of noise on social media. And for people that have important messages they really want to get out, it's hard to cut through that noise. So Thunderclap aims to help positive, strong messages cut through the noise and amplify so that people can hear them. Well, okay, that sounds in theory, but how do you do it? Well, the idea came about um, back about a year and a half ago when the SOPA PIPA debates were happening. And, you know, the government could basically shut down any website, anytime, anywhere, just by issuing a court order. And I got really upset about it. And I wanted to kind of get the word out and get my friends, you know, motivated to do something about it. But I didn't really know what to do. So I started posting stuff on social media and actually called my senators for the first time. I didn't really know what to do to have an impact. And around that same time, Occupy Wall Street uh, was encamped in Ducati Park in New York City near my office. And I walked by one day at lunchtime and they were doing something I'd never seen before. It was pretty astonishing. It's called the human megaphone. And the whole purpose of it was to get around a law in New York City 
where you can't have electronic voice amplification without a permit. And there was no way these guys were getting a permit. You know, Bloomberg, Bloomberg wanted them out of there. So what they would do is a person would speak, and then everyone with an earshot would repeat what the speaker was saying verbatim, and then everyone behind them would repeat it, and so on, until the message spread throughout the park. And, it, you know, I was kind of mesmerized. I sat there for a while, and I realized there's no way to do this online. There's no way to do this using social media. That's sort of how the idea was born. Didn't know if it was, would work. Didn't know if anyone would want to use it. Didn't even know if it was solving a real problem. But, you know, as an engineer and a tinkerer and inventor, uh, you know, someone who's really curious, I built a quick prototype and, and started testing it out. And, you know, soon after launching, uh, more and more people started using it. Um, and it, it sort of, you know, it was an idea without a, without a problem to solve, but it came to be something that people are now using more and more often. Okay, so how does Thunderclap uh, work? I'm a, and, and our audience is small business. How would I, as a small business, utilize the Thunderclap? Uh, it's really simple. Uh, you create a message that's tweet-sized, so meaning on less than 140 characters, 140 letters or spaces. Uh, you put it into Thunderclap, and then you put some background information, why people should support that message. Uh, so, for example, um, the message could be, uh, you know, we need to stop uh, guns from going out to people without background checks. That was sort of the White House's message when they used Thundercloud. Once you create that message, you set a deadline, say two to three weeks in the future, and you set a goal. How many people do you want to spread this message before it hits sort of that critical capacity? And then you start inviting your friends and their networks, and then they can spread and invite their friends. And eventually, um, when enough people support that message, our system will blast out the message across their social channels meaning Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, um, all at the same time, creating sort of a human megaphone where everyone's spreading the same message at the same time. So it works. It's built on top of Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and other social networks, and allows people to share a message simultaneously and with scale. Okay, let's go. Uh, now you're fascinating me, so let's go into uh, deeper detail. Um I am, but I'm a small business, and uh, I don't want to talk about social. I want to get out the idea uh, that, for instance, I have a new issue of my magazine out. How would I, mm-hmm. uh, uh, how would I uh, use, utilize Thunderclap to do this? Uh, um, can you walk me through the steps? Sure. So let's say um, you had a new issue coming out, and there was a particular article in there you think would resonate with people. There's something that's you know timely. It's of the moment. It's something that people would actually really care about. So having a a crisp, clean message that people would want to share, it's almost like I'm putting my voice behind this message. The message itself has to be strong and it has to fit within 140 characters. So that's the hardest part. It's like coming up with something that people would want to get behind. Um, Let's say the article was about uh, a new law that would would hamper small businesses. Okay. Well, let me give you uh, a real life example. Uh, for instance, we uh, uh, we have an article dealing with the fact that you should start today to, to market uh, to prepare for your holiday rush if you have a website. How would you get that message out? Uh, I'm getting free advice, but I, I, I'm just curious. <laughs> would that? Um, I'm trying to think of uh, you know why would, like let's say uh, let's say uh, you created that message. What about it would would make other people want to spread that message? There has to be some hook, some uh, some reason that they would want to broadcast that message. It could be that they're fans of of, of the, the person writing the message. It could be that they're a small business owner and they also want to get out the message to their friends. To you know, now is the time to start preparing. It's this urgent thing coming up. So having mm-hmm. that you know having that tight hook is really the key to it. And because I don't really understand your space uh, very well, I, you know, we'd have to talk back and forth a little bit about you know what, what okay. would be that nugget of you know well let's go back to let's go back to to the example you were going to start i shouldn't have interrupted you uh, i think you're going to say one for obamacare or oh, you were, are you yeah. going to offer an example yes uh so about i think four or five months ago right when the um the gun debate uh was very very uh was very hot and heated in the, in the senate um, the White House approached Thunderclap to use the tool to get people to rally around common-sense gun reform, so background checks, you know, all the basic stuff that they've been pushing for. So they created the Thunderclap around that, you know, um, and they promoted it on their website. They promoted it on their Twitter and Facebook accounts. 
and they got people to jump on board to say, I'm for common sense gun reform. And it spread like wildfire. Within 24 hours, they had 10,000 supporters. And within a few days, they hit about, I think, 17 or 18,000. Um, but the cool thing was they wanted to be able to release those messages at a tactical moment in time. So right before a press conference, or during the press conference, rather, uh, before the key Senate vote, they called us up and said, hey, could you release the messages? And then we were able to dispatch all those messages right when they needed it. And so, you know, having a good message and having a moment in time that makes sense is sort of the DNA of a successful thundercloud. Okay. Um, I, I'm hearing it, it definitely works on, in the political uh, arena and in the social area, uh, but uh, how can you bring it down to uh, the business area, uh, to, a, to a small business or even a uh, SMB, a small, a small to medium-sized business? Uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying you have to have a, a, a hook, a really time-critical hook, or something that really impels people to send it out. Am I hearing that correctly? That's right. Um, this example might uh, resonate um, a bit more. Um, we're working with Amex right now around Small Business Saturday. Um, it's right between uh, uh, the crazy shopping day uh, yes. um, and then Cyber Monday, uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Um, right. Amex started something called Small Business Saturday. And the hook they're using is, look, there's all these big box retailers out there. There's all these you know, giants. What about the small business owner? So they're creating a thunderclap to celebrate small businesses, and they're doing incentives where, you know, if you shop at a small business, you could get cash back on Amex. So there's there's a commercial tie-in, but they're they're plugging into something people care about. People don't want to see the small businesses get run over by the big box retailers. And so I think in every initiative that people are working on, there's something that people will care about. And if you can tie into that, it can be successful. Well, um, let's take it uh, down to a local level. If I'm a local business that wants to support, like, a cancer walk, would that be some way that you could use Thunderclap? Absolutely. That's that's a perfect example. People care about it. They want to support it. They don't necessarily want to donate money. You know, everyone's asking for money constantly for different causes. Thunderclap's a great way to add your support, but using your social currency as opposed to your, you know, actual currency. So it's a great alternative, and uh, we saw people use it for the Susan Komen uh, breast cancer walk in New York City. Um, we've had a lot of actual health-related thunderclaps for various, you know, finding cures or supporting, you know, sending a cheer to an individual who's, um, you know, suffering with a malady. So that that's definitely a strong kind of cause angle that we've seen a lot on our platform. Oh, um, uh, if I'm a small business, how do I... Um what are the costs of your platform, and and, uh, and how much as a small business, if I had an application, uh, how, do, how do you charge? Well, the basic service is free, and it gets you pretty much, you know, really, really far. It allows you to create a thunderclap, unlimited supporters, um, basically everything you need to have a successful thunderclap. We do have a premium version. It's $500 for a campaign, and it gives you the ability – it's more for larger clients where – it gives them the ability to run Thunderclap on their website so they can embed the functionality directly on that. They can customize it. They can make it look like their brand. Um, you know, so when we did something with Sony Pictures around uh, Zero Dark Thirty, the movie they premiered, um, mm-hmm. they wanted to totally customize it with, you know, scenes from the movie and they embedded a YouTube video, et cetera. So that's, you know, for, for people with large budgets that really want to, you know, deck it out, they usually buy the premium package. But, we see, you know, 99% of our clients use just the, the basic service, and it works great. Well, um, well, uh, your website? Uh, what's is, your website? Go ahead. It's thunderclap.it. Dot .it? Yeah. Oh. Thunderclap was taken already. Thunderclap.com was taken, so um, and the and the owner wants a large sum for that, and we kind of like the it's almost like a verb, you know, you thunderclap it, kind of creates that action feel to it, so it ended up working out for the best. Yes, I um, I want to congratulate you. You're the first one I've heard for .it. I saw it out there, but, um, but let, now let's talk uh, to you as a, as a business leader. Uh, what have you found uh, were the three most um, uh, greatest impediments to growth that you found working on it? To growth. 
Um, so things detracting from growth, things, obstacles in the way. Um, I think having people understand exactly what your product does, especially with a tech product that's doing something brand new, um, really explaining that and showing how it can add value to uh, what, what people are doing their existing uh, workflow. So mm-hmm. it's, it's taking your service and showing like, oh, you guys could use it for this, and here's how it would benefit your organization. And communicating that, especially with something no one's heard about or, you know, there's there's pieces of it they might not have um, they might not understand because it's it's so new. That's been really challenging. Uh, oh, uh, other keep going. You're doing great. Other impediments. Um, since we're a technology company, um, we've had to scale really fast. So you know we went from running you know medium sized campaigns, small campaigns, to uh, Mozilla, the makers of Firefox, using Thunderclap and sending us you know a million visitors a day overnight and, and trying to, to, you know, to rapidly scale up to that, you know, that scale. And I'm sure small businesses have the same, you know, scaling issues when a big customer comes in and wants, you know, a thousand units of something. And now you have to fill those units and it, it always catches you off guard, but it, it's a good problem to have. Well, it's and, the best kind of problem to have. Go ahead. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, third problem. Um, what else? Um, not it's getting advice from so many different people. Everyone has uh, you know input on on what direction you should go, and and everyone using your product wants a different feature. So it's taking all that uh, diverse input and really distilling down not what features people want, but what outcome do they want? What are they really trying to achieve underneath those requests? And and distilling all of that into things that you can do and within a reasonable time frame. Because as a startup and as a small business, you don't have infinite funds to you know, pursue every angle that, that presents itself. So it's really staying focused amid all the opportunities that, that are in front of you. Well, you know, that's an interesting point you brought uh, brought up. Uh, when you're starting up and just building, you get a, you see a lot of opportunities and, and deciding which ones to take or, or what things to fulfill uh, is, is always a difficult one. Uh, again, tell our our uh, listeners uh, how they can find Thunderclap and if they wanted to talk to you. Sure. Um, so our website is uh, thunderclap.it. If you Google Thunderclap, it comes up as the first result, so it's very easy to find. Um, if you have any questions for me specifically, my email address is david at thunderclap.it, and happy to answer any questions. Well, you certainly brought something up. I may call you myself to see about uh, 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 how you do it. It's uh, really interesting, and we wish you good luck. Thank you so much, and pleasure being on the show. Uh, have a good day. You we'll too. be back. Take care. Bye-bye. We'll be back with our next guest after this commercial. Want to know more about health savings accounts for your company or yourself? Go to 2hsa.com and get a free employer's primer. Health savings accounts are a cost-effective way of offering health care benefits to your employees and yourself. HSAs build retirement funds for your employees, improve morale, and reduce your health care benefit cost. For a free employer guide to HSAs, go to 2hsa.com. That's 2hsa.com. Welcome back. This is Don Mazzella, and this is Small Business Digest. We have a very interesting, uh, as our next guest, Tom Robbins. Please uh, join us on Small Business Digest. Hi, Don. Great to meet you. Great to meet you, Tom. Uh, We always start off all our guests by asking them a little bit about themselves first, before we get into uh, discussing further. So can you tell us a little bit about you? Absolutely. Let's see. Um, I had my own business for many years, and then uh, I got an opportunity to go to work for Microsoft uh, and joined Microsoft and was there about 10 years and did everything from uh, write software to to market uh, things like Visual Studio and some of their larger development platforms and eventually... 
uh, worked with their developer audience on uh, marketing to them, and then decided I needed a change and uh, looked for a, a smaller company that was more customer-centric and went to work for a company called Kentico Software uh, about four years ago. Kentico uh, has about 16,000 active websites across the world, and we uh, sell a content management system, so software that helps people build their customer websites. Okay. Before before we go further, please spell out your company name. It's not coming through clearly, so would you spell oh, it sure. out? It, absolutely. It's Kentico, K-E-N-T-I-C-O, Kentico. Uh, and you can reach us at uh, K-E-N-T-I-C-O dot com uh, or anything like that. Okay. Uh, our audience are small business leaders, and one of, one of their most vexing problems is uh, uh, building a, a website that uh, sells, that gets across the message. You, uh, do, we, do we want to talk about that tonight, or Tom, a little bit? Absolutely. So I think that's actually an incredibly important thing that, that people – Figure out. We we've recently uh, done some research while we've gone out and talked to consumers as well as small business that we use to build, and we found a, a couple of big things. I mean, first off, uh, if we look at just a, a pure website, websites today need to be more dynamic than ever before, um, which really means people need to consider things like personalization. Um, understanding your audience, things like buyer personas are more important now than they've ever been in the past. So this requires uh, small businesses especially to think about who their target audience is and then when they engage with that target audience, how they can personalize that experience to make them uh, you know, become more immersive and then be able to provide more of their data back. One of the other kind of big bits of data that, that we found as we looked around is, uh, you know, everyone out there is using email as a way of driving, uh, you know, driving contacts. And what we're finding is that email is far from dead, but you really are facing a tremendous uphill battle if all you're doing is email. Um, in, in our study, we found about 36% of, of the people we surveyed um, said that, <laughs> excuse me, said that uh, they haven't seen a tremendous change in email and that a lot of uh, email lists aren't providing them the kind of information. So what we always recommend and what we tend to find as being very successful is a multi-channel approach. So not just thinking about your website, but thinking about your website is one channel, email is another channel, social is another channel, and then how are you going to connect all of those channels and drive it back to a central location? Uh, so things like CTAs, call to action, become ever more important. Being able to do testing, so A-B and multivariant testing are the kinds of things that uh, you know, people need to think about more than ever before. Well, let me let me stop you here and ask: um, How do you test? Uh, you say multivariate to do testing. Are you saying testing of your email or your testing of your website? What do you mean by that? So, no, that's a great question. So, when we say testing, we mean you testing it all. So, you think of of your 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 call to action, and you think about what your conversion is. So, I want you to you know click a button and you think about testing it in a couple of different dimensions. The first is what they would call an A-B test, which is simply testing two different pages. So if I were to drive you to page A you know, uh, that has a blue border with a red button or page B which has a green border with a you know, green button, which do people click better or click more and get a higher conversion rate of? That, that they call an A-B. A multivariant or MVT is where you actually start breaking the page down and you start moving your page elements around and you say, well, do I get better conversion rates if I put, uh, you know, the button in the left-hand corner? The reality is you want to test all of that. So you want to think about your CTAs on your web page. You want to think about your CTAs on your personalization. You want to think about your CTAs on your mobile. 
um, which really means uh, you know something from uh, you know uh, the mobile user. And you do want to think about A/B testing specifically on your email marketing, um, which is incredibly important, right? Because you only get one shot to get that impression. So why not take a, a significantly, a, st a statistically significant percentage and then test something that way you know you're going to get the best so testing i think should be done across all of those well um my pet peeve with most websites that i see is they don't really tell you uh, uh the benefit of you to you of, of going to that site yep. in other words why should i be going you know what are you going to do for me it all seems to be well. We're the uh, we're the ABC widget company. We're the greatest company in the world. But to, to yep. me, uh, how does one overcome that? So, uh, really, the the biggest way that you overcome that kind of you know kind of thing, and and it's funny, people will talk about the idea of, of content marketing as as uh, something that's new. It's been something, you know, I, we've been doing it, I know I've been doing it for 20 years. Really what that does is it allows you to create content that educates. So rather than coming to my site because I'm the, you know, ABC widget company, I'm the best in the world, you come to my site because you're going to be educated and it's understanding the buyer process. So, you know, if you think of typically just awareness, you know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, awareness, being able to assess the need, and then the purchase process. Um, you can use your website to drive each of those different things, and that way when someone comes to my site, they're in education. So you're going to see uh, inf interesting information about why you want to buy these widgets or, or what best widgets are. Then as you move into a purchase process, that's when you might actually see why we're the best and then a post-purchase process of, uh, you know, other information you may need. So we always recommend understanding the buyer process as well as think about your content marketing and then how you're going to kind of match the two together. Tom, I'm going to ask you to hold on a minute while we take a break uh, uh, for just one minute. So stand by, okay? Absolutely. Want to know more about health savings accounts for your company or yourself? Go to 2hsa.com and get a free employer's primer. Health savings accounts are a cost-effective way of offering health care benefits to your employees and yourself. HSAs build retirement funds for your employees, improve morale, and reduce your health care benefit costs. For a free employer guide to HSAs, go to 2hsa.com. That's 2hsa.com. We're, we're back live with Tom Robbins. Tom, uh, I'm going to uh, – uh, we're running a little late today, but I'm going to ask a favor if you wouldn't mind uh, coming back another time because I, I think this is a topic of great interest, and we're going to de devote a lot more time to it. Would you mind? Absolutely. Just let me know, and I'd love to come back. Uh, no, we we want you back soon because we're going to devote more time because uh, I think you have great value uh, to our listeners. Uh, but in the meantime, how can they reach you and how can they reach your company? Absolutely. If uh, you'd like more information, please take a look at kentico.com, K-E-N-T-I-C-O.com. And if you'd like to ask me any questions personally, uh, please send me an email to Thomas R, T-H-O-M-A-S-R, at kentico, K-E-N-T-I-C-O.com. Or you can reach me on Twitter at the handle T Robbins, T R O B B I N S. Thank you. No, Tom, thank you. I, I, I really want you back to talk more. Excellent. Thanks. Our next guest is Amos Winbush, the third. I like that. Uh, Amos, are you with us? I am with you. How are you? Uh, Good. How are you? 
My my notes say a multi-million dollar tech firm founder launches a, a, a media to develop, produce, and broadcast original programming, fostering entrepreneurial opportunity worldwide. Is that you? That that is the one and only me. <laughs> okay. Is I. Well, we we start, uh, Amos. We always ask uh, our guests to talk a little bit about themselves. So, if you wouldn't mind, just give us a little bit about you and how you got to this point. But more about you first. Well, hopefully, it's not too boring. Um, I none of became, our guests are boring. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I I became a tech entrepreneur not because I dreamt of being an entrepreneur. It was literally necessity. My mobile phone crashed. And there were no solutions on the market to wirelessly synchronize content from your device to a server or a cloud. Um, so I set out in 2008 to develop that software. And uh, currently, to date, we have about 343 million subscribers across three continents, and, and we're we're rocking and rolling. So we're we're at a good place. Okay, uh, but before that, what did you do? Before launching CyberSyncs, I was in the music business, a singer-songwriter, and ah. moved to New York City when I was 20 from Louisiana. So uh, if you can imagine, big culture shock. Oh, I can. I went to Georgia Tech. So, uh, oh, nice. Uh, but anyway, um, but now you're doing something else. Tell us about what you're doing. So I, I launched a firm called AW3 Media, and our first um, creation of AW3 Media is a television series called Project Entrepreneur that will be released across Viacom Properties uh, in January of 2014, where we're traveling around the country to some of the hardest-hit cities, finding aspiring entrepreneurs, and giving them an opportunity to build their business with some of the brightest minds in business and entrepreneurship. Uh, from Scott Case, who is the co-founder of Priceline.com, as well as the former uh, CEO and president of Startup America Partnership, uh, all the way to Elgin Thompson, who took Groupon and Facebook public. Kierna Mayo is an executive at Ebony Magazine. Uh, you name it, we have it on our panel. Um, and we call them the council. And the council is really there to make sure that they're giving information to those aspiring entrepreneurs and helping them build their business from personal experience. We're focused on finding these aspiring entrepreneurs from you know, really underserved markets. We're talking about Detroit, Cleveland, south side of Chicago, New Orleans, and Brooklyn. And we're really excited about it because we have major businesses involved from Dale to Sprint. Um, and, and this is uh, something that I've been asked for three or four years, how can you give information to me as an aspiring entrepreneur? And this is the first thing that, that we're doing. Well, how do you give information to an aspiring entrepreneur? You, you put it directly into their faces. And the way that you can put it directly into their faces is by doing it on television. You reach out to the individuals that have the ability to decipher what information they should take and what information they shouldn't take. And the quickest way to do that is through television. Um, that skill, that nucleus, that family has. You sit around the TV, you talk about it, you engage, and then you immediately go on social media and say, hey, did you just see this? So it's a continual conversation to engage the public. I think for one-on-one, -on -one, a person reaching out to me directly would not get all the information that they need because I'm one person. In this country and the world, there's over 7 billion people. Um, so the way that we can do this effectively and by mass numbers is by developing a quality show that can be branched out all over the world, and that's what we're focused on. So uh, if, if I hear you right um... – you're you're filming a one-on-one -on -one with entrepreneurs in these areas, then taking then taking that and putting it on a program so people can see that and learn from that. Am I would it, that be accurate? 
you're 100% correct. We're finding between six and eight aspiring entrepreneurs across the cities that we just named, and we're bringing them to New York City, and it will be a crash course of building a business and everything that comes with it, from having celebrity mentors there to having our counsel there, you name it. Um, and we're really focused on developing businesses that can be global. So this isn't just for a TV show. This is about economic development. Uh, when you look at these cities that we're talking about, take, for instance, Detroit. Detroit was a city that pretty much ruled the economy for the United States. Uh, now it's filed bankruptcy. So how can we actually get this city back up and running? And I believe that entrepreneurship is the way to do that. And I'm a little biased around, you know, technology. Um, so science, technology, engineering, and math focus. So not only are we talking about creating businesses with these six to eight companies, but we're focused on building startup communities in these cities and connecting state and local governments and building mentor networks so that not only do we support these individuals, but we support other aspiring entrepreneurs as well. There's a community that has to be there in order for um, – you know, cities and states to come back from from collapse. Well, how do you identify uh, these six or eight individuals? So the way that we're identifying is we're doing open casting calls. And at this very moment, individuals can log on to AW3MediaLLC at Twitter, which is our handle, and submit uh, a video. And we look at those videos, and then we will travel to those uh, those cities and interview one-on-one -on -one with the individuals that we choose. So we're soliciting everyone to submit videos to us. Say that uh, uh, Twitter handle again. It's at AW3Media, LLC. Okay. And uh, they can submit a uh, – how long a video do you, do you really want? We can get videos between one and three minutes in length. We want it to be sweet. We want it to be impactful. We want to hear the best and biggest ideas that you have. And ultimately, we want to help you bring those those ideas to fruition. Well, that sounds exciting. Uh, that, really, that really does. Um, uh, could we um, – uh, have you come back and give us a little progress report in a couple of uh, months, and is there anything we can do to help you? Absolutely. I would love to, and uh, you're, you're already helping now, so I thank you so much for allowing uh, the viewers to hear about Project Entrepreneur. Well, it, it sounds exciting, and uh, uh, we thank you for coming on, on board uh, tonight, and uh, let's stay in touch. This is something we should it. be looking at. Okay. <clears throat> thank thank you again, Amos. And now uh, our next guest, who's been very patient, is Marcus Schwartz, Senior Vice President of Global SAP SAP Education. Marcus, are you with me? Yes, I'm with you. Hey, how are you, Don? Uh, well, I, I'm fine now. You got a little tough act to follow, but uh, I, I do know you're going to do well at it because I think this is uh, 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 companies certainly need to change their training uh, models by better defining their business strategies and focusing on it. And that's the topic uh, um, we want to discuss tonight. Mm -hmm. But first, uh, I'd love to know a little bit about you. Well. Um... I guess uh, 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 20 years ago, I was on track to pursue a career as a uh, university teacher when I became fascinated with a small German company at that time doing uh, business software. And uh, so I joined that company about 20 years ago, and since then I've covered various roles in consulting, sales, business development, and now in education, which is education of our partners, of our, our customers, which is really uh, very critical to ensure further growth of our company. Well, uh, uh, what got me interested in having you on the program is <clears throat> you believe that companies have to focus, uh, 
uh, uh, focus on the business strategies and, and somehow impart that into, into their employees. Did I uh, get that right? Oh, absolutely. Look, I mean, one one reason of of uh, the success of our own company was really our dedication to make all of our customers successful and also to make all our partners successful that serve those customers. And uh, if you want to do that, you need to really uh, 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 or if you want to gain scale and, and coverage for very quick geographic expansion, the key is really knowledge in the ecosystem, right? That is the, I would say, that is what fuels, fueled the growth of our company, that we had a very broad ecosystem to support our solutions and then uh, led to further software sales. Well, um, well, how, but how does the company go about doing that? Well, um, I think we we uh, we very much care about uh, uh, consulting our customers, our clients in in building up a very effective uh, corporate training program. And what I mean with effective is that this needs to be a very flexible program. Uh, it needs to be sustainable, and also it needs to cover um, uh, all relevant uh, audiences. Let me give you one example. Now, uh, with flexibility, right, you want, of course, to increase coverage of knowledge dissemination and not limit the knowledge to a small delegation you can send to a, to a classroom, right? Uh, that was maybe the case 20 years ago, but nowadays people' learning styles have changed very much towards self-learning. They want to interact in a community, and they want to actually learn everywhere, anytime, everything. They want to learn on their PC, mobile. They want to be don't want to be restricted to a fixed schedule and also uh, a, a fixed provider. So we very much take care that our customers have access to uh, uh, knowledge in the cloud, on their mobile devices, because that really makes us reach the complete target audience. Well, um, if, uh, 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 what do you consider the t top two or three things um, a, a company must do to improve training? Uh, to, and to follow your model. Yeah, so training, I, I think the first step is to understand that training is not a, a one-time event. So we always try to put our clients in a position that they can drive knowledge generation and also knowledge dissemination on their own, that they can capture knowledge, that they don't become independent to some uh, um, external provider. So we, may, we offer them a wide range of tools uh, to create knowledge, right, to record e-learnings, for example, like one of our tools, the Workforce Performance Builder does. Um, that's, that's really important that they, that they uh, uh, can do that on their own um, because uh, it's, it's a... Uh, the, the story doesn't end with a successful project. So that's, that's one very important step, the sustainability. I mentioned flexibility. Uh, we, we also uh, give customers a good chunk of, of content they, they can work on already, electronic content, which they can give uh, to their, to their uh, employees. So those employees can uh, implement can run and also can maintain our SAP solutions much, much better. And uh, the third step probably is to make sure that uh, the end users are, are covered very well. Um, do you know that, that, for example, 76, a recent survey found that 76% of users have a very failed or failed or substandard understanding of mission-critical applications? 
and uh, that project success increases with every dollar that is invested in training. I mean, the guys who really use the solutions at the end uh, create customer satisfaction, and uh, we make sure that uh, the knowledge doesn't reach only the small delegation of experts, but really to the wider audience which use our software. Uh, Marcus, really thank you. We're running a little late today, and we have one more guest to get on tonight. Um, if people want to know more, how 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 can they contact you and, and uh, uh, your your efforts? Yeah, the uh, our website where you can see all of our offering is training.sap.com. Very easy, training.sap.com. And uh, my personal email address is Marcus with a K dot Schwartz at sap dot com. Uh, Marcus, we want to come back. We want to come back to you, uh, have you back on the program at another time to talk longer with you. Thank you very Love much. Love to have you. Thanks uh, for having me. No, thank you, and thank you for your patience. Our next guest is Thomas Duncans. Uh, he's CEO of Trusted Health Plan, and I couldn't. Uh, we're going longer on this program because uh, uh, he has an important topic to talk about. Tom, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for for waiting uh, so patiently. Um, we, uh, you may have heard, we always ask uh, first uh, for our guests to talk a little bit about how they got to where they are, their little bit of personal background before we get into uh, your important subject. Sounds good. Well, I'm the CEO and founder of Trusted Health Plan, which is a a, a startup Medicaid managed care organization in the District of Columbia. Prior to that, I had a healthcare business enrolling the uninsured into Medicaid, and I uh, built that business back in early 2006 and sold it in uh, mid-2007 to a company called Accretive Health, which eventually went public on the New York Stock Exchange, and I took that liquidity to uh, to form Trusted Health Plan. What is... To, uh... We're talking about Medicaid, Medicare, and um, health care. Um, uh, we start today, uh, uh, this is the first few days of Obamacare, which doesn't, uh, uh, which is not really in your area, but uh, 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 let me ask you a question as a health care. How do you see things uh, 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 work? Well, I'm hopeful that everything goes as well as it appears it is going for people enrolling into Obamacare. From all the reports I'm familiar with, uh, a lot of people have been signing up on health care exchanges, and I think that's very positive for Americans. Um, uh, there are roughly 17 million Americans um, that will be eligible for Medicaid under expanded uh, eligibility, and I think as importantly, uh, 16 million Americans, which will now be eligible for insurance through the healthcare exchanges because of the, um, the 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 new rules in place for eligibility, and so I think it's exciting because these new folks with health insurance will have access to preventive care and and different wellness, um, as well as primary care physicians and 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 insurance. So I think it's very good for America. Oh, okay, so now let's turn to Medicaid and uh, your company. And uh, our audience is small business uh, uh, leaders primarily. Tell us a little bit of um, what you see, uh, where you see your your company uh, going, uh, helping these people like our audience. Absolutely. Right now, our primary business, our clients are Medicaid recipients, and um, our intention is to improve their outcomes of health through engaging in health outcome, uh, uh, health education, and a lot of outreach to get people engaged in their health care. In terms of small businesses, Next year, our company will 
participate in Obamacare and, and be on the health care exchanges to provide health insurance to small businesses. Well, that's the exciting part. Why did you decide to go into it when so many other companies seem to be fleeing it? Well, actually, I think that what's what's happening in the health insurance industry is that there's so much opportunity in Obamacare because there's another, you know, tens of millions of people that are now um, potential customers, and because of that, uh, what one will notice is that the commercial payers, those traditional Blue Cross Blue Shields um, and Aetnas, are leaving, or not necessarily leaving, but they're starting to invest in getting into the Medicaid uh, managed care business because that's where all the growth is. And so largely for commercial payers, that industry is on a decline where uh, the Medicaid and Medicare managed care industry is on the the, uh, steep incline. Oh, so you're going. So you're putting your foot in both camps. If I heard you right. Well, we're trying. Well, currently we're in the Medicaid camp, and uh, we're looking seriously at getting into uh, the Medicare market as well. Well, that's exciting. How does one decide to do that? And um, you know, you're betting big money on this, but. why are you doing it? I'm. I'm can you well, you're right about that. Absolutely. <laughs> well, from a business perspective, I think it's it's usually exciting because there's so many more folks entering the the um, so many new customers coming aboard, and um, and so our decision was to get into the business, and it's tough. You know, we had to get an HMO license, which took about eight months. Uh, we had to raise significant capital. I was fortunate in my previous business to have sold it pretty successfully, and I had some liquidity myself, which made it easier for me to raise capital. Um, And then once we did that, then we actually put together uh, a pretty good business plan that was very much focused on improving health outcomes for our target market, which are uh, District of Columbia Medicaid recipients. And those best ideas ended up winning a competitive process uh, which awarded us a pretty sig- significant contract here in the district. And so, um, you know, it took investment and it took a lot of time. We spent about two years doing homework on the district to develop our business plan. Well, uh, since our audience is small business leaders, um, what would be the three things uh, you learned from this that you would pass on to an audience uh not uh, starting a healthcare for that matter, any business like this. What are the three things that you you most learned? Well, I'll start with that. It's clear through our story that a a small business can win win a big contract. Um, a small business can compete very successfully if it puts forth the best ideas. And what that generally takes is homework. And so the first thing I'd say is spend the time doing the homework. We won a contract, and we beat some of the biggest HMOs in the world because we had the best plan. And, again, it took us two years to put together that plan, but in the end it was a big win for us. Um, Second to that I'd say um, is to find good partners that can help you if you're a startup like like, like, uh, what we are um, find vendors that have been in the space that can give you certain credibility and can do some big functions for you so that you can uh, focus on your good ideas, not so much some of the base infrastructure. Um, and then for execution, I'd say it's about building a culture of business that's for us, has been very much focused on um, results, best ideas win, and um and micromanagement, you know, really being in the details of our business to deliver the best custo- the best services to our customers. Well, if people want to uh, f- find your your company or you, how can they do it? Our web address is trustedhp.com. That's trusted h for health p for plan.com. Our phone number is area code 202-821-1100. 
And that's the best way to get in contact with us. And I am Thomas Duncan. I'm the CEO, and you can uh, always ask for me, and I'll be available. I'm in the work. I'm in the office working long hours these days. I'm sure. Um, uh, Tom, uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, uh, I learned something, and I hope our audience did as well. Thanks for having me. I, ho- I hope you're coming back again and tell us uh, a little bit more when, when you're closer to offering your, your products to small business. Next year, I certainly will. Have a nice day. You too. Thank you. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening. We will be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. You can also uh, hear us uh, uh, archive of these programs and learn more about us at smallbusinessdigest.net. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours, email me at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. For all of us here, have a good day.